we can open your word freely in a language that we can understand. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us take it into our hearts and our minds and, uh, and then put it into practice in our lives so that we might live out what it means to be a follower of Jesus so that others might see and hear what it means for them, for them to become followers of Jesus. So, Lord, take your word, impress it on our hearts today, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, up on the wall there, you'll see that we've got that banner up there. It says, focus on the one in 2021. And we looked at uh, Jesus being the one. And so, everything we've tried to do throughout this year is to reinforce our focus on Jesus. And certainly in this series that we've been looking at, Jesus is the game changer to the ends of the earth. We have focused on the message of Jesus, the good news of Jesus and the impact it's had uh, throughout history, throughout church history. We'll continue to do that today. But before we do, uh, Phil reminded me of something. I'm thinking ahead to 2022. Uh, Phil, any guess of what the theme might be in 2022? And you alluded to it. I think we need the truth. And so, we're going to be true blue in 2022. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, no. Somebody said that's too, too ochreish. So, um, so, I think it'll be something like be true in 2022. And what does that really mean? It doesn't mean just knowing the truth. It means being the truth. It means being genuine. It means being real as disciples and followers of Jesus. So, if you want to start praying for 2022... I certainly have. You can see the machinations of my brain as I'm thinking ahead to that. Although I must admit I do like True Blue in 22, but we'll see how we go uh, when we get there. But uh, to, to make sure that our lives are reflecting the reality, the genuineness of what it means to follow Jesus. I don't know, you want to go on that journey with me next year? That's where I'll be going, I think, at this stage, unless the Lord changes that around dramatically. But that's certainly where I think we'll be going as a church. Just... Because what the world needs in this time, as Phil, Phil mentioned, it needs that not only that truth but that reality, that genuineness of what hope looks like, of what love looks like, of what peace looks like, of what mercy and grace looks like. We're not seeing that in the world in general. And as followers of Jesus, we have the privilege. In fact, it's, it's built into our nature because of God's spirit within us. We have that privilege of living out like that not only amongst ourselves, but in the world that we participate in. So, start praying for 2022 and see what God's going to do next year in the life of our church and the life of us as individuals. There might be an opportunity during the service this morning, during this message, for you to respond in some way uh, with a story or an example or something like that. Uh, Then please do. But I'll tell you, it'll be a brief response and I'll cut you short if you're going too long. Don't you wish you could do that to the preacher sometimes? You know, hit the stop button if they're going too long? Well, hopefully that won't be the case today. You'll see there the title is Beyond Information Brings Transformation. And just like that Wycliffe video uh, shared, the translation of the scriptures has happened since the time of, who did we look at last week? Martin Luther and the Gutenberg Press and the translation of the Latin scriptures into the German language. That, that was happening before Martin Luther but he certainly saw it expand greatly through the, through the printing press and it's gone on throughout the history of our world 
to see the, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the whole Bible in many cases, translated into the local language of the people group that are being targeted at. Why should we do that? Why should we do that? I wonder. Is this on, guys? No, not working. You might have to click it ahead for me. Yep. Okay. We need it because of this. Has it, you seen any of those things in the text that you get? Uh-huh. Yeah? I've got the LOLs and the, I haven't seen the, and I've got the ONOs, but I really wasn't familiar with the FOMO or the STABO. Anybody know what they mean? The first one? I always used to think it was lots of love. So I think people are getting the long message when I put LOL on there. <laughs> Laugh out loud. What about the next one? Did anybody get that? Fear of missing out. Is that a new one for your text now? Fear of missing out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, anybody under the age of 18 want to answer the next one? What's S-T-A-B-O? Anybody over the age of 18 know what it means? Sorry? No, it's not Italian for stab. No, 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 no. We will get there in a minute. What about the last one? Or nearest offer or near offer. Yeah, yeah. Next slide, thanks. Uh, Merv, you'll have to do them for me today. It's not going to work. Going to work? Nope. Next one. Click it. There we go. Oh, too far. <laughs> Laugh out loud. Subject to a better offer. How's that? So, if you use that ten times this week, you'll remember it. Yeah? S-T-A-B-O. Don't think I'll ever use it. But what does this mean? It means that there's a new language developing, isn't there? You know, a text thing, like last week I was out without a voice, so lots of people got emails and, and texts from me. And I'm not a shortcut person. I am not an abbreviation person, whatever. Uh, it just doesn't work for me because when I tried it once or twice, I always got it wrong and people got the wrong message. So I tend to be a, a, a fill-it-in completely sort of person to get the message across. But this is a new language, isn't it? And, uh, and people do understand it and they do connect with language in that way. What about this next sign? Thanks, uh, guys. Are we working up there yet? No. For some reason it's not working. So, Anybody know what that means? I'll tell you a story about this. It's a story that um, Carl Faze, the author of uh, uh, Jesus the Game Changer, told. Some friends of his were travelling in Europe and they had a hire car. And at each city they would leave the car and explore the area on foot. And so they got into this... Um, one city, in every place they'd been, they were concerned about finding the car where they left it. So they thought in this one city in Italy, they'd park it next to this sign because they thought, that's an easy sign to read and, and, and it'll be clear and we'll find it again. Anyhow, they finished their sightseeing and they're in the town of Siena in Italy and they thought, they'd ask one of the locals, you know, do you know where that sign Fermata is? Fermata, Fermata. Yeah, yeah. So they, they got pointed back to the, to the sign and, um, and when they got back there, the person that was saying to them, oh, no, mm, shouldn't park there. No, not, not for Marta. Why? Because the next slide says school bus. So, I parked in a bus zone and, um, and they didn't know because their sign didn't have that part on it. It only had the for Marta. They thought, that's a recognisable sign. We'll find it when we get there. So, the translation is important, isn't it? I'm not sure whether they got fined for parking in a bus stop or not. 
And there's all, all sorts of translation where, the, where they're asking for, 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 for the bus timetable in Japanese if we're visiting there or whether we're trying to understand the teenagers' text messages like the illustrations from before. There's this transfer of information, this transfer of not only just information but meaning and understanding that goes along with it. So, guys, have we got this clicking on yet, is it? Are you doing that for me? Okay. I'll trust you to follow along, man. The Bible translation has been not so that people will just read the Bible for another book in their own language, but it's been a driving force in the, in the Protestant mission over the last few centuries of seeing the Gospel, the Kingdom of God, the history of God's people written in an understandable language that can be translated or that, that the, the locals can understand and translate. It's been taken onto boats, it's been taken onto canoes, it's been hiked over mountains, it's been taken on aeroplanes. In fact, the translation of the Bible has gone to the ends of the earth because of the powerful message of the Word of God in it. Some of us would know of the mission to the Orca Indians with Jim Elliot and his other four companions, they were there to take the gospel to that uh, Ecuadorian tribe. Sadly, they lost their lives before they had the chance to translate it to it. But later on, uh, the wife or a couple of the wives of those men took up the challenge, took the gospel in and saw those people come to faith in Jesus as they translated. We've got a video here of a, a fellow called Takashi Fukuda. He's Japanese. And he has a story to tell about Bible translation. Thanks, Murph. Is he going to work for us?
Thanks, guys. Thanks. No power. No running water. No toilets. They hiked 10 hours into the bush in the Philippines mountains. Why? Because they wanted to bring the good news of Jesus to the people of that area who had never heard of Jesus, never read of Jesus, never understood their own language. That's why people do this. Now, in our modern age, we have uh, computers, we have uh, mobile phones, sat phones and all that sort of stuff. Um, The essence is, in Bible translation, is especially in in places where the the, uh, language hasn't been translated into the scriptures, is to not just translate word for word, but to translate the meaning and the understanding as well of those words into the culture, into the language of the people. This next verse says in Hebrews, thanks Murph. Yep. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word is not just a book to read. God's word is living. It's powerful. It's active. It tells us what's right from wrong. It tells us the truth. And that's why people are involved in translation of the scriptures. That's how important it is to get the word of God to people. I could, have, I could have primed Ted earlier and asked him to tell us some stories of, of how God's word has affected people through Gideons and the, and the placing of Bibles, but I would have had to cut him short, wouldn't I, Ted? I would have had to cut you short. If I gave you one story, you'd probably go into ten stories. But there's something incredibly powerful about the word of God being available in a language that you can read and understand. A few weeks back, right, right in the second week, I think of... Uh, this series, we looked at two ladies from Iran, uh, Maryam and Marzay. And this is Maryam's story. You might recall this. Thanks. Thank you. 
power of God's word, which is reading the Gospel of Luke. There's this transformative power in the words of the Bible. And this is the motivation that, that pushes people to take the written word of God to the ends of the earth. I wonder if, if you had some information for somebody, would you, would you take risks to get that information to them? You know, these days we would e- either email it or put it in the snail mail or, or we'd, we'd take a picture of it on our phone and send them that. But would you face danger and death and difficulty to get that information to somebody? And that's what people who translate the Bible have been doing for years, for centuries. They have taken the knowledge of that transformative power of the Word of God to places and to people that have never heard it before so they might hear it in the heart language of that tribe or of that nation. I wonder, I wonder would you do that? The story of Maryam and and Mirze goes on. They were imprisoned in Iran for distributing Bibles. They felt compelled. They grabbed a map of the town, they grabbed backpacks, they filled them with 140 Bibles each in their backpacks and they went, the New Testaments they were, and they went to put those into the letterbox of everybody in the streets that they'd marked out and they were imprisoned for that. Over the time, they distributed 20,000 Bibles in the Iranian language and they saw personal experience of the transformation of people when they came to read and understand and accept who Jesus was. They trusted, trusted the Spirit of God to work through the pages that those people were reading. I wonder if, if that's part of your story. Is anybody here come to faith in Jesus because they read the Bible. Yep, yep. So you, without any influence beforehand, you're reading the Bible and you came to know Jesus. The power of God at work. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Like I said, Ted could give us all these stories about people doing that. We need to trust the transformative power of God's word. I wonder if you do when you read God's word. Do you trust the transformative power? That verse in Hebrews says that it will cut to the, to the join between bone and flesh. It will show us the things that we've done wrong. It will show us the right way to live if we allow it. I wonder what your approach to God's word is. Do you just read it as a story or do you say things like, Lord, what are you saying to me today? What verse should I ponder on all day today? What should I put into practice in my life today? That's the transformative power of God's word. And that's what I believe the, the translators are hoping for. Not just to get a story out to people, but to see that transformation in people's lives. Thanks, move. Next one up there. Not only does it have the power to transform individuals, it has the power to transform communities as well. And certainly wherever the translators have gone, they've seen the the benefits of education, uh, writing the language that they're learning, have it in written form, not only just spoken form, but also then teaching it to the locals where they are. And so they've started schools. They don't only talk about language, they talk about all other aspects of, of, uh, of information as well. Certainly Gutenberg's press 
of the 1500s saw the expansion and production of, of books in a broad way. But beyond that, we have seen so many uh, opportunities for people to buy Bibles, to print Bibles at very cheap prices and to get them into people's hands. Beyond transforming communities, the Word of God has the power to transform countries as well. I wonder if we've seen that in our time frame. What if we've seen the power of the Word of God changing people's heart, transforming entire countries? A quote from uh, the study from this week in Jesus the Game Changer says this, In Africa perhaps, especially, once people had the Bible in their own language, they began to read their own story in the light of the stories they found in Scripture. And Africa, without songs, without music, is like... It is not possible. So the connection is so strong. The Bible has been translated uh, in Africa and over 450 million people at this present time they believe are followers of Jesus because they've had the word of God in their own language. One other quote is from a fellow called Robert Woodbury and he says this, Where you had greater Protestant missionary influence, you have higher literacy, higher school enrolment, more newspaper circulation, more book circulation, more voluntary association membership, higher gross domestic product, more hospital beds, longer life expectancy, lower infant mortality, lower corruption and greater political democracy. Where the Bible has been translated into the language of the people. So how are we going to respond to what we've heard today? I believe we need to have faith in the transformative power of the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. We need to let the Word of God transform our lives into how God wants us to be and how he wants us to live. We need to read the Bible, not just as a casual reading, but we need to dig into it and say, what does this word mean? What does this verse mean? What does this mean for me? What's God saying to me? And then also we need to encourage others to read it. I wonder if you're doing that. Grandparents, are you encouraging your grandchildren to read the Word of God? Are you sending them books that might encourage them to learn about the Word of God as they practice their reading? Maybe the next time you're on Skype or Zoom, you get them to read their favourite Bible story to you. We need to encourage one another because it's through the Word of God that God will speak clearly to us. I praise God for translators. I've had friends that have gone to work with SIL. Anybody know what SIL stands for? used to stand for Summer Institute of Linguistics. They, they've changed it just to SIL now, so that's the name of it. But it used to be where students on their summer vacation would go and spend time in, in places where the, where the Bible wasn't yet translated. And they would take that summer vacation to translate part of the scriptures. Now it's, now it's an international translation group. Wycliffe's another one. There's a number of other groups out there. And I wonder if God might be saying to some of our hearts, could I be involved in Bible translation? There are still people in our country, certainly uh, people who have come from overseas, that don't have the Bible in their own language. In fact, they're struggling to learn English. What a better way to teach them English than to teach them from the Scriptures and to compare what the English says to the Scriptures in their own language. What can we do? We can pray. We can pray for those that God calls to be translators and that God will keep on touching people on the shoulder or calling them 
in their heart and mind to go and translate the word of God. We can support them financially, we can support them, we can support them in prayer because the word of God is powerful. It's able to change people's lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for, the, for your word. We thank you that it's changed our lives and it's changing our lives day by day as we listen to your voice through your word, as we, as we ponder on it, as we meditate on it, as we apply it to our lives every day. Father, you are making us more and more into the likeness of Jesus. Lord, we pray for those of our friends and acquaintances that may not even have a Bible in their home, Father. Please lead us to those people that we might share with them a Bible, the Word of God, that they might read it and have their lives changed dramatically. Father, we pray for those uh, uh, people groups that don't yet have the Bible in their own translation. We pray that you give wisdom to the, um, to the uh, organisations that are doing translation on, on, on where to send people to translate the Bibles into those languages. Know there's a great need, Lord, and that you'll continue to raise up people to go and do that work. Father, thank you for the reminder to us today that your word is powerful. It changes people's lives. We praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite the music team to come back up and, and share one final song together. If you have friends that come from a, a different uh, uh, nation or country and you'd like to give them a Bible in their own language uh, but you don't know where to get one from, come and see me because they are readily available through the Bible Society and other venues, other organisations. would love to be able to help you do that if you would like to give a Bible away. Let's stand and sing. Build your kingdom here and ask God to do something that will change our community because his kingdom is present in it. Let's stand and sing. Come, set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil while we're made Come set our hearts ablaze with hope Like wildfire in our very souls Holy Spirit come invade us now We are your church We need your power in us We seek your kingdom first, we hunger and we thirst, refuse to waste our lives, for your our joy and prize, to see the captive hearts released, the hurt, the sick, the poor at peace, we lay down our lives for heaven's cause. We are your church, we pray revive this earth. Build your kingdom here, let the darkness 
church on fire, witness nation back, change the atmosphere, build your kingdom here, we pray. Unleash your kingdom's power, reaching the near and far. No force of hell can stop your beauty-changing hearts. You made us for much more than this. Awake the kingdom seed in us. Fill us with the strength and love of Christ. We are your church. We are the hope. On earth. Build your kingdom here, let the darkness fear. Show your mighty hand, heal our streets and land. Set your church on fire, win this nation back. Change the kingdom here we pray and uh, thinking about praying I see Joan over there Joan you still got room for people to fill out some uh, prayer segments for Kairos okay so if you haven't taken the opportunity to indicate where you might pray uh, from next Sunday night through to the following Friday uh, then Joan has got the form there and if it's half an hour, that's great. It's now, that's wonderful. So come and see Joan about that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunities you give us day by day to be your people in the various situations we find ourselves in, whether it be in the home, whether it be at work, whether it be in, in the community, whether it be going into the prison as the Kairos Inside team are doing. You give us the opportunity to be your people. And I pray that, that we will see the atmosphere change in the places where we go because we take the Lord Jesus with us. Father, thank you for those that have gone before who have translated your word faithfully so that we might read it and understand it and live it out. And we pray you'll continue to raise up those people, Lord, that, they might, that more people would hear about Jesus. Father, we want to live for you this week, so we thank you for the, your empowering spirit who enables us to be the light and the salt of the earth. We praise you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everybody. I'm going to invite the members of the church just to come into this row of seats.